God has been good. Amen. 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 As we approach our 92nd church anniversary, amen, I want to begin a series of sermons uh, on a contagious fellowship, on a contagious fellowship and we want to be looking at the second chapter of the Acts of the Apostles. And for your reading this week in your devotional time, I want you to be reading the Acts of the Apostles chapter 2. Because <clears throat> uh, this is what was going on on the day of Pentecost, when the Spirit of God came. And this morning, I would only read verses 1 through 4, but I'll probably be referencing verses 1 through 13. But we'll read verses 1 through 4, Acts chapter 2. Um, and I'm reading from the King James Version. Whatever translation you have, let's read out loud this glorious word of the Lord. All right? Let's read. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Let's read on down to verse number 6. Watch this. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. And now when this was noised abroad, the mother two came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in their own language. Amen. The grass withered, the flower faded but the word of our God is going to stand forever. And you may be seated in the presence of the Lord and say to your neighbor, a contagious fellowship. Amen. Uh, there's a new measles outbreak. And you know measles are highly contagious. They are spread through coughing and talking and and that's the way God wants his church to be, to have a contagious fellowship. What we have ought to be a little catchy. Amen, amen. In 1927, a group of believers met together and organized this fellowship the very difficult times that they were living in, 1927. 
just one year away from the Austin edict that, that forced all blacks to live in East Austin. It's known as the edict of 1928 where all blacks were forcibly moved over to East Side. For those blacks who lived in other parts of town, their services were cut off. They couldn't get gas. They couldn't get water. And they were forced to move to the East Side. Yet those body of believers met, organized in times such as that were. This, this fellowship, they came. Uh, and then what must we do uh, to still thrive and be alive if Jesus tarries in 92 years from now? Uh, you do know that the Barna study says that over 3,500 to 4,000 churches are closing every year. The Bonner Report also said there's a tremendous drop in Sunday school and church attendance. And you can look around and see uh, the reality uh, of that. Uh, Sunday school, no big problem because most black folk didn't go to Sunday school. No way, a whole lot of But church attendance uh, dropped. Uh, over 1,400 pastors are leaving the ministry each month because of the pressure of pastoring and leadership. Dr. George Hunter in his book entitled The Contagious Congregation says, so evangelism is the church intentionally offering what is supremely has to be to offer the greatest opportunity is to have Christ within and to live and fellowship with Christ. See, how do we stay contagious? How do we stay contagious in a city and in a world that's trying to uh, inoculate us and trying to uh, uh, immune us, vaccinate us so we are no longer uh, impactful? They're trying to give us a vaccination with humanism and secularism and hedonism and materialism and feminism and white elitism. How do we stay contagious when people are trying to pollute us to kill our joy? The book of the Acts of the Apostles is not a doctrinal book and it is not a denominational book. It is a book about the start of the dispensation of grace, the church age, when the gospel was spread throughout the whole world. You know, Dr. Robinson, sometimes I think about who was the first person to bring the gospel to Mount Enterprise? Who was the first person who brought the gospel to Atlanta, Georgia? 
or to Lufkin, Texas, or or, or, or to Shreveport, Louisiana, or, or to Seattle, Washington. Think about that. Who, who was the first person in your family who heard the gospel and got saved? Have you think about that? I mean, who was the first person to share the gospel in Austin? Because the book of Acts is not a doctrinal book. It is a book about the spread of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, uh, and evangelism is the lifeblood of the church. Evangelism is one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. Evangelism means to a church what hugging and kissing means to a marriage. It doesn't matter how long you've been married. This coming Thursday, if that's the only time you do it once a year, you ought to kiss each other. Mwah! Kiss your own wife. Don't kiss somebody else's wife. Now get straight. Mwah! Kiss your wife. Hug your wife. Don't mess around start no riot. Mess around kiss. Some of y'all don't even laugh about that. Amen. Because your marriage, amen. Start, try to <laughs> just hug each other. Amen. You, you see what happened this morning as we started praying? The smooth of the spirit. And uh, there's power in evangelism. And uh, so I want to lift up two things because, first of all, the power of prayer. Somebody say the power of prayer. You, you see, the church was literally born on her knees. Prayer was a vital part of the life of Jesus. Jesus was often seen praying. And, matter of fact, the only thing the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to do was to pray. In Luke chapter 11, verse number 1, when he had finished praying, they asked him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Now, that been me. I would have asked him to teach me how to turn some water. Amen. Y'all get with me. Amen. That been me. Amen. I've been there. Lord, show me how you do that. Amen. Because... St. James got some wine to bibbles and, uh, and I could be making that money. Amen. Why y'all, amen. I, I will ask him, how do you find a goldfish, a, a, a piece of gold in a fish's mouth? But notice they asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. The power of prayer. First, first Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17 said, pray without ceasing. Ephesians 6, 18a says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. There are at least 650 recorded prayers in the Bible and at least 450 recorded answers to those prayers. So not only does God hear prayer, God answers prayer. The, the, the power of prayer. Jesus prayed some 25 different times. And old folk used to say it like this, if Jesus had to pray, what about me and you? <laughs> and, and what is wrong with the average Christian? I'm telling the critical. See, worship is for Christians. I told y'all other Sunday, worship is not for sinners. 
at the conclusion of the service, I will give an invitation for sinners to get saved. But worship is not for sinners. Worship is for Christians. For a sinner coming to church, it's just like me going to a clan meeting every week. And I got to sit there two hours and hear them sing the old Dixie songs. Oh, I wish I was in the land of God. I sit there. Got to hear them two hours talk about racial superiority. And then I got to go out and help them light that cross. I would be bored as hell. Boy, oh boy, come here. Come on, Billy. Oh boy. That way it is. Worship is for Christians. And the reason why so many Christians are no longer involved in worship is they stop praying. Just give me five more minutes. I'll be out of here too. Give me five more minutes. See, we'll ask to ask your neighbor how much time you spent last week in prayer. Don't ask because somebody will lie in church. Amen. Because the average Christian, one survey said the average Christian spend less than seven minutes a week in prayer. That's why so many saints are indifferent. That's why so many saints are, 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 are cool off because they no longer have a vital prayer life. I guarantee you, Dr. Dr. Tom Rayner in his book, the autopsy of a deceased church says, state that prayer was the lifeblood of the early church. No prayer, no hope, and the church started dying. That's why every Wednesday at 6 o'clock, I've been here going on 26 years, and some of you have never made the prayer me. Rearrange your schedule. If you have to leave the goldfish unfed, if you got to slop the hogs later, at least once a month, make it to prayer meet. Get mama, get the kids, get the grandchildren, get the great children, and come from six to seven and just pray. And you'll watch what God will do in your life. Because what prayer does, prayer, when we pray, we're not informing God on what's going on because he's God. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. He knows everything. But when we pray, we are saying to God, God, I can't handle this. I need your power. And what's wrong with a lot of Christians? You trying to handle it yourself. You done cursed out everybody how many times? And still, they won't change. <laughs> You're giving some folk the finger. And be careful. Don't have that ichthu sign on your bumper and you flipping the bird. Amen. Don't. Amen. Don't, don't do that. But the reason why so many saints have cooled off is because they're not spending time in prayer. The, the church, if you want to change your marriage, start, start praying with your mate. This coming Wednesday night before you, Thursday night before you go out to dinner, pray, pray this week and start praying. You see, it's hard to be funny with people you are praying for because Dr. Foster said when you pray, God changed the prayer first. And here I am, I thought my wife had the problem until I started praying, I discovered it was me. For a long time, I thought Trump had the problem, but when I started praying, I know I won't get no amen there. Amen. When you pray, the power of prayer. The devil knows he don't want you to pray. Because when you start praying, you get in contact 
with the great I am. And they had been 10 days in prayer. Let this church keep praying. That's why the devil fighting. Because you keep praying, something going to happen to you. You're going to understand that God is a powerful God. They pray. And, and, then, and then secondly, look at the power of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say the Holy Ghost. See, see the, the, the Dr. Jerry Vine first, of the First Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida said that the average Christian and average church are somewhere bogged down between Calvary and Pentecost. They have been to Calvary for pardon, but they have not been to Pentecost for power. And what's known with the average Christian, they don't have and living in the abundant power of the Holy Ghost. The Jewish feast, there were seven Jewish feasts that God gave Moses in Leviticus 23. And the feast of Pentecost, when they all came to Jerusalem, devout men from all over the world. And look, Luke is seeking to inform us that the Spirit came upon them, not because they were there praying, but because it was the right time. The spirit came. They did not bring down the power. Some people keep praying, Lord, send it on down. No, he's already here. And you ain't got to seek for the Holy Ghost anymore. He's already here. But what you have to do, you have to position yourself to receive and by faith be filled with the Holy Ghost. See, when the Holy Spirit first came, they were indwelled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And then in verse number four, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. There's only one baptism in the Holy Spirit, but there are many, many feelings in the Holy Spirit. And Ephesians chapter 5, 18 is a transitive verb. Be ye filled with the Spirit. And to be filled with the Holy Ghost means to be controlled by the Holy Ghost. You see, when we got saved, when I got saved, the nightclub didn't close up. The temptation didn't stop singing. Amen. The Diana Ross, the Supremes, they didn't go out of business. The joints were still there, playing the same music. And what's her name? Was still there in her hot pants. But why did I stop going? I didn't stop going because I got too old. Because I was just 21 years old when I got saved. And back then, you know I was when you're young, you can stay up all weekend. I used to stay up the whole weekend. We start partying on Thursday night at midnight. We get a running start. And then we run, we partied off Thursday night, Friday night. May sleep an hour. Then all Saturday night, then Sunday, then I go to church, see? Then I go back to the club. But when I got saved, I stopped doing that, not because it went out of business, because I got saved and got full of the Holy Ghost. Is there anybody else here this morning that you can say, I used to do that, <laughs> but I got saved and full of the Holy Ghost? 
Last night, I left that little place last night. They started playing the music, and I, I told them, I'm saved now, because if I wasn't saved, I'd be still dancing. That's all I used to do. I used to dance myself plum musty. Amen. Anybody else used to dance? Amen. Just, just you dance. You used to back it up, drop it like it was hot, and you even had a pole. Amen. No, yeah. But again, you got saved, see. And the power of the Holy Ghost. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And what's wrong with the average Christian today is they just are not walking in the power of the Holy Ghost. We ought to be shouting for no other reason than fight that you don't have to put cotton anymore. You ought, you ought to be shouting for no other reason than I got a nice house to live in. Drive a nice car. Make a nice living. We try to look broke, but we're not as broke as our parents were. We, we don't have to go to the northern migration because we got it pretty good right here. And yet the average Christian, you got to pump them and prime them just to say amen. Problem could be, my brothers and my sisters, that you need to pray more. And you need to ask God to fill you more with the Holy Ghost power. That's the only thing don't keep you sane. It's not your youth. It's not our education. It's the power of the Holy Ghost. It, it brings the excitement. It brings the enthusiasm. Zechariah 4 and 6 said, not by power, nor by might, but by my spirit, said the Lord of hosts. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. I, I can't preach without the Holy Ghost. I thank God for my academic training, but let me tell you, my academic training does not give me the power to preach the Word of God. It comes from uh, the Holy Ghost. It doesn't matter how talented you are, on the instruments and your vocal ability you can do nothing without the power of the Holy Ghost thank God uh, for the power thank God uh, before I got saved it was black power but when I got saved it became uh, Holy Ghost power thank God uh, for the move of the spirit thank the lord for the power of prayer and the power of the holy ghost yes sir they were excited and the men heard them you see most of our churches are so quiet nowadays you think you're in the icu unit most of our churches are so quiet today. Uh, you think you're in the library. Uh, uh -huh. I don't believe uh, in just making noise to make noise. Uh, but the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, God been good to me. And, uh, and somewhere I got to say thank you for making a way thank you for saving my soul thank you 
for healing my body thank you you did it God through the power of the Holy Spirit there's a whole commercial I don't see too often anymore a man walk out on the porch and look right dead into the camera and raises a question he said when was the last time you had a thick, rich, bowl of wolf brand chili. And before you can bat an eye, he said, well, that's too long. I closed this morning uh, when I asked the same question. Uh, when was uh, the last time uh, you got so excited uh, that you smelled funky on the way going home. When was the last time you shouted so your weed fell off? When was the last time you got so caught up when you Well, I tell you, well, that's too long. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. We need uh, the power of the Holy Ghost. Oh, I need the power in my life. Somebody say, yeah. Thank you for the power. Yes. I need that power. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I need power. Oh. Thank you. A contagious church. We need prayer power. Stop being so cute. And spend some time you need to turn off your cell phone get off Facebook get on your knees thank your elder Amora because where I grew up up in Central East Texas West Louisiana a whole lot of those old deacons and preachers uh, when they prayed uh, they got down on their knees uh, saying Father I need your help Father we can't make it without you Father uh, he will Give you power. Yeah. Power. 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 Uh, 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 power. I need your power. I can't pastor y'all without his power. I can't be a good husband without his power. Somebody say power. 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 Oh, yes. Yeah. May God bless you. Thank you. Shouting power. Enthusiastic power. Hallelujah. 
hallelujah a contagious fellowship thank you for prayer spend a little time just a little talk with Jesus gonna make everything all right good to see you Deacon Rafford uh, but the record shows uh, before y'all uh, call me as pastor I'm an answer to y'all prayer they said the minute said that in the meeting uh, people were getting a little outrageous uh, and sister Isonetta Bryant uh, stood up and said the devil trying to kill our church we need to pray and she asked Deacon Aaron Roger, uh, Radford will you lead us in prayer and I tell you if prayer won't fix it it won't get fixed if prayer won't do it it won't get done somebody say yes I need to pray somebody say yes I need your power I need the power of the Holy Ghost thank you devil you alive thank you thank you for your power thank you for the prayer we're here today because somebody prayed for us don't fool yourself it was rough matter of fact it's so rough a lot of black folk and white people don't even want us to talk about it but we need to talk about it not to be bitter but to make us better and see what God can do he's a miracle worker if you pray and really pray right God will God will if you pray God will hear and answer your prayer oh, he will we are here today because somebody prayed for us anybody here had parents grandparents they prayed for us hallelujah thank you contagious they didn't have a nice building like this but they blessed God we are the recipients have a black man fire chief Austin that's the answer prayer when you go to your job tomorrow you ought to go with enthusiasm because it's an answer to prayer hallelujah I grew up poor yeah everything I have it's an answer to prayer my mother prayed hallelujah contagious you can't be contagious if you don't pray and you need the power you've been saved ask him to fill you God fill me with your power I want to be a witness for you 
Great time to witness. So many people have given up on God. We can tell them he's still in the miracle working business. Luke 137 says, For with God, nothing will be impossible. Hallelujah.